0: let's get into the word. All right. Come on with your Bibles in your hands. Would you repeat after me? This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I will have what it says I will have. I'm a part of deliverance temple where we love by living our vision every day. We connect with our creator continually. continually. We confess our deliverance consistently. consistently. We commit to serve creatively. We We communicate Christ's love compassionately. compassionately. Father God, God, feed feed me this word. All right, put your hands together this morning. I'm quite sure over a period of time, those C's will get in your spirit and be to the place where they're second nature. You know what it is to live our vision. Not too long ago, uh, just last week, I got an email from a pastor. I've never met a pastor in Yorktown, and the pastor was inviting me to some function that he has, and he says, we too uh, communicate Christ's love compassionately. So he know our vision, and I didn't even met the man. So hopefully we have people in the building that know the vision because folk outside of the building are learning the vision as well. That's beautiful. All right, as uh, I'm I'm winding up to get ready to move into the Word of God, but I will say I don't have my bow tie on today, but I am still going to take my time. I'm not going to rush. I ain't got nowhere to go anyway. Ain't nothing going on. Football season ain't starting. I ain't trying to get... MCL still going to be open. Y'all be all right. No, but but we're we're going to share what God has given us to share. Let's let's start by looking at uh, this passage of scripture. I want them to bring that on the screen and I I will read this myself starting out. It's Isaiah 46 9 through 11 and then we're going to drop down to the 13th verse H-C-S-B just means Holman Christian Standard Bible. Going to be using that most of the message. And we're going to, toward the end, we're going to switch to the King James Version. But um, this particular passage, I brought it up not too long ago, actually quite recent. It was on my birthday when I turned 46. And I used the passage 46-11. But I used 9, 10, and 11. I'm going to go back to that because it was something that God wants me to preface as I get to what the title of is today. So let's just start by looking at Isaiah 46, 9 and reading from that HCSB. It says this, remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and no one is like. Me, I, I'm going to do something that I normally don't do, but I feel prompted to do it right now. Let's all stand for the reading of this word. We're going we're gonna to do verse 9 again. I just feel something special and just honoring it in this moment. Let's read verse 9 again. Remember what happened long ago, for I am God and there is no other. I am God and no one is like me. Verse 10. I declare the end from the beginning and from long ago what is not yet done saying my plan not maybe not might be but my plan will take place and I will do all my will. Verse 11. I call a bird of prey from the east a man and in this context, I'm saying that I am that man, a man for my purpose from a far country. Yes, I have spoken, so I will also bring it about. I have planned it. I will also do it. Now we're dropping to verse 13. I am bringing my justice near. It is not far away, and my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion my splendor in Israel you may take your seats amen so i i won't go through the context of the verse cuz i did that on uh i did that on my birthday but i what i will say is this is that there's quite a bit of wrestling that i often end up doing in the fact that what god has called me to do prophetically is to speak inspirational faith in you for your journey. But oftentimes when you leave here, the journey is even more difficult than I anticipate for you. And so it bothers me because I never want to be giving you a false hope or selling you a false bill of goods. I don't want to keep telling you God's going to turn it around and God ain't going to turn it around. I don't want to keep telling you to believe that God going to fix it up and God don't fix it up. So in the process, many times what happens as a leader, it's easy for me to preach. But when I hear about what y'all are going through, what y'all are faced with, it breaks my heart. And I'm just like, man, God, would you give the people a break? Not just for their sake, but for my sake. So I don't look like a fool, keep telling people to confess their deliverance and don't nobody get delivered. Keep telling you to believe for a financial breakthrough and everybody broke. Keep telling you to believe for healing and we all sick. So I'm like, God, don't make me say it if you ain't going to do it, God. But the problem is I am not the conveyor of my own words when it comes to preaching. I got to say what he says. I'm just the vessel. And every time I go back to the drawing board... God keeps telling me things to tell you prophetically and sometimes I'm like, I don't want to say that. You know why I don't want to say it sometimes? Because it ain't happening in my own life. I ain't getting to live in my own self. I'm struggling. My daddy dead. All kinds of other stuff is going on. This don't seem right, but God says, keep telling the people what I told you to tell them. So guess what I do? Wipe my eyes, get myself up, and preach what God told me to preach. And so here's another one of those messages. Now last week there was a quite a bit of a departure. We begin to teach on a specific thing. But I'm back on that focus that we got to keep moving forward. No matter what the challenges and the obstacles are. and not now, now i i 'm saying i I talk to God in this way, but it didn 't take me long for me to adjust with what God is saying because what God is saying is more important than what i 'm feeling, but in the process, I really get irritated at the devil, especially when he 's doing stuff to y 'all now now, this may sound f- comical because i i, I don 't mean it seriously, but jokingly, I can find some people in the church for the devil to mess with. It's some folk I ain't seen in six months. They ain't gave in six months. I ain't heard from them in six months. Devil, go mess with them. Don't mess with the folk that keep coming, that keep giving, that keep praying, that keep worshiping. Leave them alone. Them is the good folk. Why, why you bother the good folk? But what I've learned is that's who he has to bother because the other folk he already got. It's the ones of you, no matter what you're facing, you come every Sunday. You, you listen all the time. You give all the time. You stretch yourself. Those are the folk he keep messing with. And as your leader, it bothers me because I want to protect all the sheep. You know, as a mama, you don't like it when your, your baby gets scraped up and is crying. You know the scrape ain't going to last long. But as a mama, you just don't like it. You 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 want to wash away all the baby's pains. And as a pastor, I don't want none of y'all to go through pain, but it's just not realistic. Your loved ones have died left and right. Your money has been funny. Your change has been strange. Your marriages has been ended in divorce or or your marriage is at the point of divorce. All kinds of things are happening. There's anxiety, there's depression, there's addiction. All kinds of things are facing the people of Deliverance Temple, including the pastor. However, I was as I was driving down the road just a few days ago, I heard two words. God just spoke two words. I thought it was for me, but it was for all of us. Because I am, and you hear me repeat this over and over throughout the message. I am the prophetic voice for your life. It is my job to speak into the atmosphere of your life. And no matter what you're facing, it's my job to speak something that makes the devil buckle his knees. Now that may not happen immediately. May not happen in 24 hours. May not happen in 24 months. But if you stay connected to this ministry, there is a prophetic voice. There is a declaration in the atmosphere that is going to weaken the enemy to its core. And it's my job to strengthen you that you don't fail in the process. So put the title up of the message. These are two words I heard God say. It's over. It's over. The pain is over. The trouble is over. The lies is over. The disappointment is over. The addiction is over. The depression is over. The sickness is over. Now, now, just because it's over doesn't mean it will show up right away. But I just read to you that God speaks the end from the beginning. So I need to let somebody know it's over. I'm reminded around, around it, it would have been the year 2000. There was the dunk contest and there was a man named Vince Carter. He shows up in the dunk contest and he's jumping out the gym. He's just got like he got springs on him and that he, there's a good competition But in one particular dump, after he dumped it, he looked at the camera and he said, it's over. In other words, I don't care what anybody else does. I got this. I'm here to tell the devil, it's over. Because the last time I checked, the Bible says that Jesus uttered a couple of words when he was hanging on the cross. He says, it is finished. It's over. I, I, I can't promise to you when. I can't promise to you how. But God perfect me, told me to tell you, it's over. But pastor, I'm struggling. It's over. But pastor, I'm hurting. It's over. But pastor, I'm crying. It's over. I wouldn't say this if God didn't make me say it but God wants me to encourage you that it's over. Let me get close to the online folk because you may think this doesn't uh, apply to you, but it's over. Devil, is over. It's what's over. Whatever is trying to keep me out of the kingdom of God, it's over. And here's the thing. It was over before it started. And so even though you're in the middle of it, It's already over. And so what God is doing, he's preparing us to get ready for the blessings by allowing the trials that we go through to temper us and test us so that we finally understand it's over. One of the loudest people in the room right now, Sister Trish is always one of the loudest people in the room, so we're not counting you right now. But one of the loudest people in the room right now is my mom. And she's praising God. But she told you about all the trouble she had with the keys and going through all that. And guess what happened? As she paid all that money, she found her original keys. That that don't seem fair. That don't seem right. She prayed to God. But what God is saying, I don't care how much you got to spend out. I'm the one that will repay it may not happen in this direction, but I will restore everything that the canker arm, the parmer took from you because it's over. Because I'm God, and because I'm God, I got you. Yeah. And somebody just got to be bold enough to say, what God has for me, it is for me. Devil, it's over. You messing with me. Devil, it's over. You messing with my head. Devil it's over you messing with my mind Cause God is on my side God got me and God got this And I'm looking at the camera and say, It's over I know I'm addicted but it's over I know I'm hurting but it's over I know I'm struggling but it's over I know I'm still sitting but it's over I know I'm lonely but it's over Now, because I'm speaking prophetically, you still got to walk it out. Still got to live it out. You still got to move through the processes. But you move entirely different if you already know the outcome. Now, every time I use my GPS, it always wants to know where I ended up at. Because it's going to calculate from where I am to where I'm going my GPS doesn't pay a lot of attention to all the distraction along the way it doesn't care about what's along the way all it cares about is where I'm going to end and devil I'm going to end in God's hand devil I'm going to be prosperous devil I'm going to be delivered devil I'm going to be healed because God has already declared it in the beginning that I shall be what God has called me to be now i haven 't even got into the text yet that i 'm going to get to that was just the uh, uh, that was just the chips and saucer that was just the appetizer but let 's get on into the main course let's let 's look at over when we when we hear the word over there 's actually several connotations of that number one is expressing authority or control in other words, somebody having rule over you. Or expressing greater number. In other words, I have over a $100. Or expressing passage or trajectory across. I threw the ball over the roof. Or expressing duration. I have been in this thing over and over and over again. So over means a lot of things. But the last one is the one I want to focus on. And you can go ahead and bring the last one up. It says no longer affected by. That's the one I like, no longer affected by. See, the trouble may not leave, but I'm no longer affected by. And when I say affected, I don't just mean affected, I also mean infected. Because I don't want the stuff on the outside to infect what I got on the inside. So I'm telling the devil, it's over. Now, the trouble may not move, but the trouble won't have rule over me. It won't have ascendancy over me because I understand I'm no longer affected by you, devil. I'm going to be what God told me to be. So, pastor, are you saying I'm never going to have a bad day? No, you might have a bad day as soon as you leave here. But you have the wisdom to understand it's only temporary. All right, and... All I got to do is count it all joy. All right. God has been telling us the same thing over and over. Let's get into the word. Let's look at Isaiah 40 and 1.
1: Comfort, comfort my people, says your God.
0: God says comfort them. Don't come and beat y'all up and tell y'all about all y'all sins. God don't bless mess. God don't like ugly. And some of that is true, but that ain't what God told me to tell y'all. God told me to comfort you
1: that it's over. Let's let's look at 42a. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and announce to her that her time of forced labor is over. Is what? Over. Over. Forced labor. Now, now, now
0: there's some stuff that's troubling you that you got in on your own. We all understand that. But we're talking about the stuff that's forced on us. We're talking about I didn't do anything wrong, and I still ended up with this. That's how you know it's the devil. I did what is right, and I still got the wrong result. That's because the devil is on your trail because he's an ugly, slew-footed, snaggletooth devil. And all his demons is ugly. They ain't got teeth in their mouth either. They all Ugly, they breast stink, they must stay, ain't nothing good about the devil and his demons. But there's some forced labor that's been forced on you, and God says, It's over. Now, now the context of the actual chapter is they are getting ready to return from Babylon, and the reason why they were in Babylon was because of their own sins. And I need you to understand, even if your sins got you in a bunch of trouble, God says, my grace is so big, it's still over. All I need you to do is look in my direction, and I'm about to bless your socks off some way, somehow. Now, when I say bless, don't just think money, because all of us don't need money. Some of you just need sleep at night. Peace in your mind. Some of y'all just need a decent relationship, a decent man or a decent woman. You tired of waiting on Prince Charming? Just give me somebody decent. Give me somebody that can spell and can rub two nickels together. Just give me somebody decent, God. I, I'm tired of waiting. I'm tired of all these fools I've been dealing with. Just give me something decent. Anyway, you bless me, God. I'll be satisfied. But he going to bless you. But here's the thing: even if he starts you with just something decent, God is a God of increase. It may just start decent, but next thing you know, this man is more than decent. This this woman is more than decent. God gave me more. There's some women who are married to people they're in love with they were that they were attracted to at first. He, he when he first approached me, I didn't think he was all that cute. But by week two, it was just something about him. And week four, there was something about her. And when you're walking down the aisle, he crying, looking at how beautiful you are. Because some people will just wear on you. They'll grow on you. And some blessings that God gives you, it may not look like a blessing at first, but let it grow on you. Let let it wear on you. Find out God will give you just what you need when you need it. Because God is letting the devil know it's over. All right, I want you to
1: look at 42 and B. Her iniquity has been pardoned, and she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins.
0: So even if you got in it on your own, your iniquity is pardoned, and you receive double for all your sins. What's interesting about about this verse is that normally when we see double for our sins, it seems to suggest that God's going to bless us double for the trouble we were in, which it means that as well. But it also means is that you've been punished doubly for it. In other words, what happened with the children of Israel, they messed up and they were exiled in Babylon and they, they were punished. But the punisher did more than he was supposed to do. The punisher did double. So this is what the devil do. When you get in sins, he's allowed to do so much to you. Remember last week we talked about the man who uh, Paul said, turn him over to Satan. But Satan does more than what he's supposed to do. And so many times you've had some sins, but you done got more trouble for your sins than what's normal. Some of y'all understand what I'm saying. You, you, you saved, and you, you done made a mistake here and there. You done done some stuff you know ain't altogether lovely. But it seemed like when you do it, you suffer much worse than when other folk do it. I, I, I got some people that go to church like I go to church But whenever I mess up, I go through it, and they seem to mess up and bounce right back. This don't seem right, God, because everybody didn't have the same assignment. But here's what the devil does. He many times, he will punish you doubly for your sins. And what God says, I will reverse that. And for your shame, I'll give you double. So I don't care how hard it's been. I don't care how many tears you cry. Double is on the way. Double for your trouble. Double for your problems. Double for your sin. Double is coming. God about to double some stuff. God about to blow up some stuff in your life. God, got, he about to do some stuff in your bank account. Double some stuff. Double some discounts for you. Some Some double discounts for you. Discount double check. He about to do some stuff just because he's God and just because he's good. And what the devil makes you feel like is you have to repay your sins forever. Well, the sins have already been paid for by God. So once you learn your lesson, you can stop wallowing in it and be like, oh, God, I can't bless me. Oh, because I've been lustful most of my life. God can't bless me. Well, how did he bless lustful David? How did he bless a lustful Solomon who had a thousand wives and three hundred concubines? If he can bless him, God can bless me. Don't you count yourself out. God is going to give you double for all of your trouble. Somebody just say, say double for my trouble. Even in the comments online, just say double for my trouble. Double, 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 double it, God. Now some of y'all gamblers, y'all understand double. Folks that have been saved all their life, they ain't never been at the blackjack table. They ain't never been to Las Vegas and down to Anderson Casino. They don't, but some of y'all understand when I double it, I might just get it a little bit better than what I thought it was. And I'm here to let you know everything you've given out. God getting ready to double and triple and quadruple because he's trying to let the devil know it's over. Oh Gotta keep going. Let's, let, let, let's put this question up, and we're going to answer this question with several points as we move through the message. Why is it over? What confidence do I have that it's over? So, Pastor, you preaching this, you telling me, but can you leave me with any confidence? Just because you said it doesn't make me confident. I like I like an honest saint that says, just because you, I didn't feel nothing when you was preaching, Pastor. I I, go ahead and be honest, because I'm about to prove it to you by scripture. Now, if you don't like scripture, ain't nothing I can tell you, because that's all I got is scripture. I I don't have no magical miracle water to pour over your head. All I got is scripture. But if you still understand scripture, maybe that's why God told me to have you stand for the reading of the word, because the scripture is in the atmosphere. And if you still believe in the Bible, I'm here to let you know, I will prove to you through the word of God, it's over for you. Really, the reason why it's over for you because it's over for your enemy, which is the devil. All right. Let, let, let's look at Isaiah 40 and 3. My, my, A
1: voice of one crying out. Yes. Prepare the way of the Lord in the wilderness. Make a straight highway for our God in the desert. So
0: many of you guys who are Bible scholars will recognize this. As what is prophesied when John the Baptist began to speak about Jesus on his way. But it was first written in Isaiah. When the, many times when you get to the New Testament, you'll find the New Testament people quoting from the Old Testament. And this is what it's quoting from. And it's saying that there is a highway being made for God. So here's the first thing I can let you know. The reason why it is over is because the construction workers are making a brand new highway For God to get right directly to you. Now I'm too young to know it, but I was told that the way people in Muncie got to Indianapolis years ago, they had to go through 67. But at some point, they created a highway called I-69. And you can get to Indianapolis much quicker because a highway has been made. And I'm here to let you know a highway is being made from God directly to your situation. And I'm the prophetic voice to let you know God about to show up and show out in your life. Number one. So here's the one, the first thing that's going to give you confidence. There's a prophetic voice over my life. And the reason why you're attracted to this ministry, you're not attracted to my suits and my shiny bald head. You're attracted to the prophetic voice that I carry that's assigned to your life. Just like a little kid in a park, when they hear their mama call, they can differentiate their mama's voice from all other voices. Because their mama's voice was the voice that was assigned to their life. I grew up in the day and age that you be home when the street lights come on. And if I wasn't home, I could hear Joyce calling out. I might be in Parkview apartments just a few streets behind, but I could hear Joyce's voice. And I knew I needed to get myself home because that was the voice that was assigned over my life. Well, I'm the voice, I'm the prophetic voice for your life, and I'm speaking confidence in your life That everything is not going to be like it's been something, somewhere, sometime down the line. It's going to change and it's going to shift for you. If you believe it, shout amen. Number two, the prophetic voice is announcing the arrival of my Savior. See, if I was pointing to me, Sister Ruth, you can be a little nervous if I was pointing to what I could do in your life. If I was just always talking about what I can do, well, I can fix it, I can call somebody. But some of the stuff y'all going through, I can't do nothing about it, but I can announce to you I know somebody who can. I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody about a somebody who can save anybody. Isaiah 40 and 4, read there.
1: Every valley will be lifted up. Uh-huh. And every mountain and hill will be leveled. The uneven ground will become smooth and the rough places a plain.
0: Sister, uh, Sister Trish, I heard you say a shift. So there is a shifting. What's up is coming down. What's down is coming up. What's unlevel and uneasy is being shifted. Not because Andre said it, but because God is on the scene. And when God announces his arrival into any situation, everything got to shake. And everything got to quake. And everything got to move. Maybe, just maybe... The reason why sometimes after you leave Sunday morning, there's so much mess going on in your life is not just because of what the devil is doing, but because God is shaking the ground. God is moving stuff and knocking stuff over. But when God shows up, you gonna know God shows up. When, when God touches you, you gonna know God touches you. When, when God makes a way, you gonna know God makes a way. You won't be able to point to the government. You won't be able to point to your pastor, your denomination. This is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous. It's marvelous. Let's bring up point number three. Here's the point. That which is out of balance in my life is being forcibly brought back into balance. Since this new decade arrived, we've all been through some stuff and it's knocked us off our balance. It's messed with our spiritual equilibrium. We look like we're drunk, but we're not drunk. We're just tired of the depression. We're just tired of the loneliness. We're just tired of the crazy acting kids and the crazy acting boss and and the crazy acting spouse and the crazy acting Republicans and the crazy acting Democrats. We're just tired of the high gas prices and the high food. We're just wore out and tired we look like we're drunk. Our equilibrium is off. And it seems like the one straw that will break the camel's back, if it just hit us, we'll topple over. We'll fall down. But God is bringing some stability to our feet. God is telling us to square our shoulders and stand strong and believe that God can pull us out. Believe that God can make a way. Believe that God can turn it around. Believe that God can still fix it up. I'm getting my footing back. I'm getting my macho back. I'm getting my mind back. I'm getting my hope back. I'm getting my faith back. That God is coming on the scene. And when God shows up. Something got to change. Something got to move. Something got to shift. Not because I said it, but because the prophetic word said it. All right. Let's look at verse 5. Here's another reason why. Let's look at verse 5.
1: And the glory of the Lord will appear, and all humanity together will see it, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. What's quite
0: interesting is the glory of the Lord, when you look at it in the Hebrew, it is the kabod. And the Kabbalah of the Lord means the weighty, chubby presence of the Lord. But oftentimes, the weighty, chubby glory of the Lord is not triggered until there's chaos. The scripture says that, that in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And then the next verse says, the earth was without form and void. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. But the third verse says, and the spirit of God hovered over the face of the waters. When the spirit of God shows up, when he moves and brings his glory, it's often connected with chaos. The more chaotic, the more glorious. The more messed up, the more glorious. Sister Lynn, the more evil it seems to come after you, the more glorious God gonna show up on your behalf. So I need you to believe it. And it says, and the glory will appear. In other words, you ain't got to try to provoke it and make it happen. It's just going to show up. And we all know when he shows up, he shows out. When he shows up, he shows out. But when he shows out, he shows off. And I'm ready to, for God to show off in some of your life. I, I'm ready for your haters to be mad. I'm ready for people to be jealous and envious of you. Because when God does it, he does it really, 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 really good. He does it really good. God can bless you real good. One songwriter said, may the Lord God bless you real good. I, I, I don't want no pity pat blessing. I, I don't want you talking about, pastor, I hit a scratch off and I got $5. I don't, don't keep that. No, I I, I want a blessing shown up. I I want something that you can say, God turned it around. I want tears running down your face and say, God showed up on my behalf. I want you to know God is telling you it's over. I don't know how. I don't know when. But just don't give up. Stay in it because something is coming for you and for me. Online audience, something is coming for you. In South Carolina, something's coming for you. In North Carolina, something's coming for you. In California, something's coming for you. In Muncie, something's coming for you. Let's bring up point number four, which I've already expounded on. Here's the reason why God's glory is arriving on the scene. Now, if tomorrow they say President Joe Biden... Is coming to Muncie, Indiana. Muncie, Indiana will look different than it's ever looked before. There'll be cops. They ain't gonna worry about crime in different places. There'll be cops lining certain things. The city hall will look different. Why? Because a high, dignified official is arriving on the scene. I'm here to let you know the reason why you can yet praise God. Because there's a high, dignified official arriving on the scene. And he's bringing his glory. Let the glory of the Lord rise among us. Coming down, down, down. Brother Tom, remember that? Coming down, down, down. The glory of the Lord is coming down. When the saints begin to pray and let the Lord have his way, the glory of the Lord is coming down. It's arriving on the scene. Hallelujah. Point number five. The prophetic voice is not speaking from their words, but from the mouth of the Lord. Well, somebody says, we haven't read that yet. Yeah, yeah. I put the, the a point above the verse. Now let's read the verse. Let's
1: read 40 and 6. A voice was saying, cry out. Another said, what should I cry out? All humanity is grass and all its goodness is like the flower of the field. So
0: here's the problem that we have is that somebody said we could all be saved if it wasn't for other humans. Most of our trouble comes in the form of other humans. So the devil uses other humans whether it's laws no matter what it is or just they change things and, and you ever notice how how they keep adding to your job but, but don't want to up your pay? They want, they want more work or more to be done? Or those of you who own businesses, your worker that, that did so good in the interview is so bad once you hire them? Like, my life would be better if I had some decent workers I could count on. So many times it's the humans, but the Bible says that God says that humans are just but grass. And so if it's a human blocking your way, it don't take God much just to cut it down now because God is gracious he works with people but here's what I need you to understand if there's somebody blocking your way God gonna get them out if there's somebody slowing if the major portion of your depression is coming by one human being God gonna shift it hopefully it ain't your spouse because God gonna shift it he gonna shift it or he gonna shift them but just know all your troubles can be reduced to nothing but grass.
1: Let's let's read more, verse seven. The grass withers, the flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Hold, 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 hold on,
0: let me stop. And I didn't I didn't plan on this, but let me just make a confession real quick with us. Let's say, God, God, blow on my grass,
1: blow on my grass.
0: Let's say it this way, God, God, blow on my enemy,
1: blow on my.
0: Cause my enemy,
1: cause my
0: enemy ain't nothing but grass. Ain't
1: nothing but
0: grass. Maybe somebody can smoke my enemy. Cause some of y'all smoking a lot of grass. Unless somebody smoke my enemy, but whatever it is, my enemy gonna go up in a puff of smoke. I, God can just breathe and blow. our huff and I puff, and I come on. God can blow the devil's house right on down. Let's go back to 40. Let's go back to 40 and 7. Read it in its entirety.
1: The grass withers. Uh-huh. The flowers fade when the breath of the Lord blows on them. Yes. Indeed, the people are grass. All right. Look, Look. let's look at verse 8. The grass withers. The flowers fade. But the word of our God remains for Ah,
0: there's only one thing that shall remain and it is the word of God. And the prophetic voice that I give you, the reason why you should enjoy me is because I don't speak from me, I speak from the mouth of the Lord and his word shall last. In Isaiah 55 10 and 11 he says so shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth it shall not return to me void but it shall accomplish that which I please and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. His word shall remain forever. People die. Systems crumble. But his word shall remain. And I never fail to remind you that in Deliverance Temple, there's actually pages of the Bible in the foundation of this building. We're standing on the word of God. We're standing on his word and his word shall remain. His word shall last. If God said it, God is able to do it. That's why we say this is my Bible. I am what it says I am. We're not just saying words. We believe the word of the Lord. Whose report shall you believe? I shall believe the report of the Lord. His report says I am healed. His report says I am filled. His report says it's over. That's what his report says. Let's bring up point number six. The prophetic voice is not pointing to themselves, but pointing to the Lord, pointing back to the cross. Let's look at Isaiah 40 and 9.
1: Zion, herald of good news. Go up on a high mountain. Jerusalem, herald of good news. Raise your voice loudly. Raise it. Do not be afraid. Say to the cities of Judah, here is your God.
0: Here is my pastor. Who I love my you can love me, but don't point to me. You're pointing, here is my God. And I'm getting up in Zion, I'm declaring, here is your God. God is on the case and God is on the scene. God has been dispatched, and He's dispatching angels. When you call 911, that's not who comes, that's just the dispatch. They send the people to come. And when you call God, God is sending people to come. God is sending his angels. But there's some stuff he coming himself. There's some stuff in your life God showing up himself. Jehovah is coming himself. I'm doing some stuff all by myself for my children. It's my job to keep pointing to you. Here is your God. Verse 10, read that.
1: See, the Lord God comes with strength and his power his oh, on. is under his rule. hold on.
0: You got the wrong version. See, the Lord comes wishy-washy.
1: Strength. The Lord comes weak as water. He comes with strength.
0: No, the Lord comes strong and powerful. Yes. He's mighty. He's powerful and he's strong. And the reason why he doesn't always show up real fast because he don't show up until it's time to be strong. He don't show up until it's time to be mighty. Lift up your head, oh ye gates, and be ye lifted up, ye everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? He's the Lord strong and mighty. He's the Lord mighty in battle. If you can fast your battle away, if you can sow your battle away, If you could pray your battle away, God don't need to get up off of his throne. And it's okay. There's some battles you can fast away, pray away, sow away. But the junk we've been in, I done sowed and it's still there. I done prayed and it's still there. I done fasted and it's still there. But it's okay because God is coming on the scene. And when Jesus steps in. All right, let's look at verse 11.
1: He protects his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them in the fold of his garment. He gently leads those that are nursing.
0: That means even the baby saints. That means the ones who say, I, I, I don't know the scriptures, pastor know, and I I, I I can't quote like he can quote. But God said, it don't make a difference. I, I I When I come, I'm coming for everything that's believing in me. And if you're connected to the deliverance temple, I don't care if you're just a baby saint or you're just one of our little babies. God going to bless all of us. And you know, I got to say it at least once. From the rooter to the tutor, he blessing us all from the top. From the pulpit to the parking lot, up and down every aisle, in and out every row, all the way through the airwaves, all the way into the TVs and the telephones and the tablets. God is going to show up on our behalf. Number seven, point number seven. Here's another thing. The prophetic voice is reminding us that the Lord knows what he is doing. Let's be honest, sometimes it don't feel like he know what he's doing. Or if he does know what he's doing, he done forgot about us. The prophetic voice is reminding us that the Lord knows what he's doing. I'm going to keep reading it because they keep putting it up there. The prophetic voice is reminding us, oh, that the Lord knows what he's doing. Let's, Let's look at verse 12.
1: Has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand, or marked off the heavens with the span of his hand? Who has gathered the dust of the earth in a measure, or weighed the mountains in a balance and the hills in the scales?
0: If you are a Bible scholar, this ought to remind you of when God finally answered Job. Job had went through a whole bunch. He didn't went through much more than any of us have gone through. He went through a whole lot. But then there's a whole passage of Job. Where he's complaining to God, he's talking to God. There's nothing wrong with complaining to God and talking to God. But Job starts telling God, you should have never had me to be born. You should have just went ahead and took me out because it's too bad. And some of y'all, y'all been contemplating suicide and thinking the world is better off without me. But when God speaks, he begins to remind you, who are you? And where were you when I grabbed the mountains with my hand? Where were you when I flung the morning stars in the sky? Where were you when I caused each snowflake to be different from another? When I caused every single one of you to have a different a fingerprint? Where were you when I put the pupils in your eye? Where were you when I put the blood in your veins and put the aorta in your heart where were you I want you to know that I sit above you I know what I'm doing I created this I created you and even the devil that you're facing I created him and no weapon that's formed against you shall be able to prosper because I hold everything in my hand the king's heart is in my hand the governor's heart is in my hand your boss's heart is in my hand, I can do what I want to do cause I'm God I'm G-O-D I'm the big dog, I'm the big God, I'm the CEO I am who I am and I know what I'm doing look at your neighbor say he know what he doing he he know what he doing He, he ain't no rookie at this thing, he know what he doing Let's look at, let's look at verse 13. He got a little deeper with him.
1: Who has directed the spirit of the Lord or who gave him his counsel?
0: Who's coaching God? A lot of us need a life coach. Who is God's life coach? And some of y'all, you think you are God's life coach because you want to tell him what he's supposed to do. But he don't need no help because he's God. He don't need your suggestion, cause he's God. Yeah. Now, Sister Mitchell, elect lady, she make a mean sweet potato pie. She make a pie that make you smack your mama, but I can't do it, cause she my mama. But one thing that I don't do is tell her what to do while she making it, because she's the expert. I'm just the recipient. I just let her do what she going to do because she's proven to me before she know what she's doing. See, if the last time I ate it, it tasted like bricks, I may have something to say. But the last time I ate it, I ate more than what I wanted to eat because it was so good. Well, the last time God showed up, he was so good. So he don't need you right now to counsel him. He don't need you to tell him what to do. He knows what he's doing because he's God. Isaiah forty and fourteen. Keep on reading. Who,
1: who did he consult with?
0: Who, who did he consult with?
1: Who gave him understanding and taught him the paths of justice? Who taught him knowledge and showed him the way of understanding?
0: Who was God's first grade teacher? Who taught God his shapes and his sizes? Did he have the color within the lines? Or does he exist outside of all of that? Here's point number eight. And we only have nine points, so I'm moving toward a close. The prophetic voice is reminding us that the Lord has no equal. And the song that we often sing, uh, it's a hill song song that says, You have no rival. You have no equal. even Satan is not his equal. The problem is that when we say opposites, we often mix it up. If I say salt, you say pepper. If I say black, you say white. If I say light, you say dark. And if I say God, many people say Satan, but that's not right. He has no opposite and he has no equal. He exists by himself. Life is like a pyramid and he's at the top. He has nobody to answer to. He has nobody to check with. He's God. And because he's God, he has no equal. And when he tells you that it's over, even if it don't look like it's over, you got to believe him. Because ain't nobody who can say any different. Including you. Including your circumstances. And including that slew footed. Snaggletooth, tooth, breath stinking, musty devil. Let's read these verses. 18.
1: Who will you compare God with? Uh huh. What likeness will you compare him to? Verse 19. To an idol, something that a smelter casts and a metal worker plates with gold. And make silver wells for it.
0: You see, back in their day, they were tempted to worship the gods of the other people, the other places around them. But all those gods were made with human hands. But we have our own idols. And many times we worship stuff, but the stuff we worship is made with human hands. You look at your car and you worship your car or you you worship the addiction. Whatever you worship, all of it is made by human hands, but God didn't have nobody to make him. He didn't have anybody to fashion him. He is eternal. He is pre-existing. He is omniscient, meaning he's all-knowing. He is omnipresent, meaning he can be everywhere at the same time. He is omni-everything because he's God. He's the Lord. All right, let's look at verse
1: 20. To one who shapes a pedestal, choosing wood that does not rot, he looks for a skilled craftsman to set up an idol that will not fall over. They got
0: to find the man that
1: has to build
0: the idol so the idol won't fall over. The God that they serve can't even stand up on his own. So here's the last omni that I didn't throw in the first time is he's omnipotent which means he's all powerful. He don't need you to prop him up. He don't need you to stand him up. He's standing all by himself. And not only is he standing because of what I'm telling you, he's standing, but he's moving in your direction. See, the Bible says Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. And the reason why he's seated is because he's at rest. And the reason why he's at rest because he says it is finished. But if he get to move and everything's going to shake because he's resting. And one thing I know as a father who's resting, if I got to get up out of my lazy chair, something somewhere is getting in trouble because you made me move. My little cute dog, Bentley. Sometimes he make me get up and when he make me get up, Guess where he got to go? He got to go to the cage. He may be out. He may be roaming around. But you done got on my nerves. I was trying to rest. You're barking. You're snapping. You can't have none of my food. Get up and go to the cage. And the devil is roaming around and he's snapping at your heels. But God, if he he makes God get up, he going to put him in his cage and tell him he got to back off. He got to shut his mouth. He got to get away because God is Moving on your scene, he's moving on your case because he don't need nobody to build him up to prop him up because he's Jehovah. Here's the last point. So, so we we went down to verse twenty. Then we're gonna skip eight verses because if you look at this this verse, the rest of it begins to talk about how powerful God is, and and it's just good you can read it on your own. But we're gonna skip over. We're gonna go to. Uh, Yeah, we're going to go ahead and read point nine and then we're going to read these next verses. The point nine says the prophetic voice is reminding us that waiting on the Lord is the only option. Because only in him is it over. Remember the title of the message is it's over. But it's only over in him. So waiting on him is the only option. So if God don't move right away, don't get mad at me because I didn't tell you he was going to move right away. I just said he's going to move because he's telling me to tell you it's over. So if you're forced to wait, go ahead and wait. But what I've learned how to do is enjoy the wait. Now, Now because of some credit cards I have, when I go to the airport, I no longer have to wait in the regular area where everybody else waits. I get to go in a special lounge where there's food, there's Wi-Fi, there's free drinks, there's seats. Some of them even have showers because I'm at an elevated position. I'm still waiting like everybody else is waiting but I'm not waiting like they wait. So some of y'all still going to have to wait but you can wait in style. You, you, You may still have to wait But you don't have to wait fretful. You don't have to wait worried. You don't have to wait agitated. You don't have to wait frustrated. You can wait in style. Not only can you wait in style, but you can also wait in service. Because when the waiter brings you their food on the platter, they're actually waiting on you. So while you're waiting on God, you can serve God and say can I get you a refill God is your steak cooked just right God in other words have I prayed like you want me to pray God have I read like you want me to read, God? Maybe you want me to listen to the sermon again. May, maybe you want me to go and talk to a friend about the Lord. But I'm not going to be bitter. I'm about to be better. I, I'm not going to have an attitude. I'm about to love on you, God. I'm about to give you some victorious worship. Shameless plug. I, I'm about to give you some victorious worship in the process. I'm going to wait on you in a way that reflects that I am holy, totally, totally Depend and trust in you. Hold to His hand, God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal, but hold to God's unchanging hand. I I, I started um, by reading the verses myself, and I'm going to close by reading the verses myself. So let's. Go to Isaiah 40 and 28. That was the last point. So Isaiah 40 and 28 says, Do you not know? Have you not heard? Yahweh is the everlasting God, the creator of the whole earth. He never grows faint or weary. There is no limit to his understanding. He's strong, And he's limitless. Let me say it again. I'm going to say it three times. He's strong and he's limitless. You may be weak and limited, but here's the third time. He's strong and he's limitless. When you reach your limit, he can go higher. That's why the Bible says he can do exceeding, abundantly, above all that you ask or think according to the power that works in us. Verse twenty. 9 and 30. He gives strength to the weary and strengthens the powerless. Youths may faint and grow weary and young men stumble and fall. So what it's saying that even the young folk are fading fast. If you're privileged like I am underprivileged to do to go around this uh, county and city and be a part of several of the funerals, you'll find out just as many young folk are dying as the old folk. Even the young folk are falling. And the Bible says he strengthens the weak as well as the powerless. You may tell me, Pastor, it's been so hard, I don't have any more power. I don't have any more strength. Maybe I'm too old. Maybe God should have blessed me when I was 20. I'm too old. I'm here to let you know that God don't need your age. And God don't need your strength. And God don't need your power because he's an everlasting God. Here's the final verse. Now switch to King James and what we're going to do, we're going to stand once again for the reading of the word. We'll all stand for this and I'm going to read this last verse. I'm going to read it and I'm going to preach it. But they that wait, my, 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 my God, upon the Lord, mm, they shall renew their strength. My, my, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. I gotta do it one more time. But they that wait upon the Lord, they shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagle. It's time to fly. It's time to soar. And I know he's locked up, but I got a bar from him one time. I believe I can fly. I can believe I can touch the side. I think about it every night and then. I believe I can move. I believe I can leap. I believe I can run. I can run through troops. I can leap over walls. I believe I will prosper. I believe I will be healed. I believe it's over. Because God said it was so. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. There's no faint in you. There's no quit in you. There's no loss in you. There's no sticking your head in the sand in you. If you belong in deliverance temple, you are a winner. You are more than a conqueror. Not because I said it, but because God said it. Now as we close... Just repeat these confessions after me. Say, I am a child of God. I am above only and not beneath. I am not weary. I am not weak. I am strong. I am mighty. I am powerful. I am on the Lord's side. Now go ahead and praise the Lord. Go ahead and give God some glory. Now say this, it's over. It's over. It's over. Devil is over. Trouble is over. Pain is over. Fear is over. Doubt is over. It's over, it's over, it's over. Now, The devil may try some more stuff, but in basketball and in football, when the time is running out what the other team got to do, they got to just start heaving up stuff. They just got to start chucking threes or throwing Hail Marys. The devil going to throw some stuff but that's only because time is running out. And you are already ahead of him. And you're going to win. I don't care what he does. Don't care what he throws at you. I need you to understand. You've done the work. You trust in God. It's over. Amen. Let's bow our heads. Dear gracious heavenly father. We do thank you and praise you. Thank you for the prophetic word you've given me to give them. But this is something I've got to learn myself. Because there's challenges that I face. But God, you call me as the prophetic voice for this house. I'm the angel of this house, and I declare in Jesus' name that it is over. I curse Satan by its by his root. Run- I curse all his demonic strategies. I curse all his demonic imps and troubles. He has no authority. Every principality must fall. Christ is on our side and Christ goes before us. He is our rear guard and he is our reward. And because of that, we give you praise. Now, Father God, there's anybody under the sound of my voice that does not know you in the pardon of their sins, I'm praying that you saved the loss and you reclaim the backslidden. Don't let anybody under the sound of my voice take their last breath without knowing you, the CEO of the universe, as their Lord, their God, and their Savior. And I give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And let everybody say amen and amen. God bless you.